Yo, what's good, y'all? I am Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. The Mix, the Mix, the Mixtape Podcast. The Mixtape Podcast. This is episode 54. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you can find us there at the Knicks Take. And last, you can check us out on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. And the Knicks Take website. And the Knicks Take website. Yes, we need to add that into the intro. That is um, something the homie Or we could just replace the whole intro. Hey, you never know, because everything is on the website. Everything. That's true. That's true. We'll talk about that the next time we come back. Anyway, (laughs) we are back after multiple weeks. A lot Mm -hmm. of stuff has happened. A lot of Knicks talk to discuss. But before we get into that, French, how are you, sir? Another day, another disappointment with the Knicks, but we'll get into that later. It wasn't nothing too crazy uh, having to come to terms with the realities, but Outside of Nick's talk, I've been all right. I've been, uh, well, everything I've been doing outside of Nick's talk has been focused on, like, I, I went to the Pro-Am, the Nick's Pro-Am game uh, a few weeks back. I was I was, I was looking forward to talking about that on the, on the podcast. We'll get into that in a little while. But, um, yeah, we've just been chilling on in this little break, this little vacation we've had. Uh, how you been? What you been up to? It's been an interesting month and change for me. Uh, I, I had my birthday, had the kids' birthday. Um, birthday, you know. But you know, as interesting as it has been, it's not been as interesting as this next talk. So let's just get right in to it. Starting with you, French. How about you recap for those? You know, it's been a while. Recap what you talked about last last episode. I was basically diving into the trade rumors with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. You, as you might have heard, the, the Spider Trade saga is now officially over. We'll get into that in a little while. But I also went over the summer league finale where the Knicks lost the championship. Quentin Grimes was looking so good. I was surprised that he didn't become summer league MVP. But uh, that tied into the loss, most likely. Um, and it also ties into the Donovan Mitchell situation as he ended up being like the deciding factor almost for why the trade didn't go through and why he became such a like asset in the eyes of Utah. So yeah, let's get into the to the to the biggest story after. Well, the biggest story of the offseason after I, I get into the the Knicks Pro Am game. So I went to Host those community college. I'm finding out that the Knicks were gonna be in the Bronx. I'm like, it was a last minute, last like in a in a, in a 
last few hours of, of my work day, I'm like, wait, they they gonna be in hostos? I gotta go see what's up. It's free, free game, pro am Jalen Brunson gonna be playing. Obi Toppin's supposed to be there. Emmanuel Quickly supposed to be there. And they said Julius Randle's gonna be playing too. So I'm like, hey, I hey, if you can change my mind and how I feel about you, if you're gonna go come out there and show something different, I, I'm always willing to see that. So you're still on the roster, I'm still willing to see how you're gonna show up. And <laughs> it's the same, same as last season. Just with Jalen Brunson. It was just, I don't know. I didn't really see much different from Julius Randle. Um, but Obi Toppin didn't really show anything else that we haven't seen before. Um, but it's a pro-am game. I didn't want to really re- overreact to it. Jalen Brunson did look the best out of all three of them. But uh, as you know, we lost that game, so... It, w- it wasn't nothing too crazy to to really report on. Uh, was there anything about that game that you wanted to to, to to touch on? A lot of overreaction from, you know, Twitter media, Twitter people. Um, a lot of, oh, these are the Knicks' best, you know, three of the Knicks' best players, and they, they couldn't uh, you know, beat guys that came right off the street. And nobody, you know, nobody, there was a few people, but not many people really took into context that um, the Knicks were not the only players to walk into a pro-am and lose their game. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they weren't as impressive as some of the other Knicks players. Uh, I mean, sorry, the NBA players that went into pro-am games. They, they were not a, as impressive as some of the best players in the league. But none of them can really say they're one of the best players in the league either. You know, you would hope for a little bit more from Brunson. I thought that it was. I thought that it 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 was very telling that out of the three guys, the three Knicks players that showed up, Obi Toppin was probably, you know, if not tied for the best with Brunson, he was the best player, you know, from the Knicks on the court. Most exciting and, to to watch do all the dunks and stuff. There was a lot of missed opportunities for OB as well on the fast break as usual, but I I don't mean to cut you off, God. I'm just, from what it looked like to me, it seemed to me like, you know, OB was, at the very least, you could say he was on par with two guys who are clear-cut starters on the Knicks, and maybe one of them shouldn't be a clear-cut starter, but, you know, the guy that he backs up was on the same team as him, and you couldn't say that the guy who starts ahead of him is clearly better than him. So, you know, there was that. I can't remember the individual who dropped 40 points on <laughs> on the Pro-Am squad. I did just read it yesterday. He's not somebody that we really need to talk about, but... I, I talked about he's him in had, the Knicks Take blog. Right. You go to the website, you see that blog. It's it's Jordan uh something. It's two Jordans. I, I'll tell you in a second. Go ahead. And they both scored 40, I believe. But both <laughs> just like Jordan would. Um the against the Knicks. The he basically is not a guy that just came off the street. You know, he ain't playing on Rucker Park and doing all but like no, these these are guys that have played professionally overseas, they played in mm-hmm. college. 
these are top Legit. talent, legitimate players. You know, maybe they're not NBA star, star superstars and all that stuff, but Julius Randle and, and Obi Toppin, they ain't going out there and playing their hardest. Jalen Brunson, they just showing a little bit. They ain't out there trying to get hurt, you know, because there's, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's uh, their money is in NBA. So they're not going to mm-hmm. try their hardest. They're going to just do what they can. You know, you would hope that them not putting, they wouldn't have to put 100% into the game in order for them to win a game like this. But at the end of the day, if those three guys wanted to take over, I'm pretty sure they could and would. And, you know, it's not not nothing to get overly excited about. It was a lot of the chirping and all that stuff on Twitter. I felt like it was a little overdone, but that's how it is with New York media and New York fandom and anything that has to do with the Knicks, really. Yeah, definitely. And um, the two guys' names, the the one that was matched up with Julius Randle and Obi, his name was Jordan Washington. He finished the night with 40 points. A lot of them came, like, directly on Julius and directly on Obi. He just overpowered both of them, was talking to them the whole game. Uh, then, uh, there's a, the other Jordan was Jordan Aaron. He was matched up with Jalen Brunson. He also dropped 39 points. Couldn't miss little shifty guard. I was talking about him in the, um, in the blog that I did on the Knicks take post and they just, they had more to prove than the Knicks did. It was a, a August summer league game. You know, the Knicks players didn't come out there like, oh, we're going to come out there win the chip tonight like they 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 were just coming out there to show love and mm-hmm. give people an opportunity to see them who's not going to pay thousands of dollars to go and watch them play in the uh in the garden well not thousands but they're not going to pay they they don't have the, the 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 resources to go to the to the garden and watch them play live so they came to the bronx showed some love and that was that yeah it's been multiple nba players that went to pro am games and lost and you would hear no reaction. The Hawks players went lost. LeBron almost lost. He he like barely won within two points. And like it's it's a whole bunch of instances like that. And it's the Knicks, so biggest market, you're gonna get the most reaction. There's nothing really to dwell on. Um but it was a great experience to be at. There's not much to report on. It was just a good experience. I, I saw a lot of Knicks content creators there i saw cp i saw like uh from next from next fan tv i saw jd all the people that be with him i seen like reporters it was it was was nice it makes me want to go to more knicks related events and just seeing who you could who you could connect with out there right but but enough about this well i just want to say before we switch over um people need to think about it in this way. Would you rather the Knicks go to this free event, show up, drop 20 points each, lose, or would you rather see them go to this event, drop 50 points and get injured, or, you know, try their hardest and get injured the way that Chet Holmgren did when he played up against LeBron James in one of them pro-am games, he's out for the Tough. full season. So you got to, you got to kind of 
pick and choose your battles. I don't care what happens as long as these dudes play, you know, they show what they can do and they get out at the end of the game 100% healthy, ready to come into the season. I would be tight if Obi Toppin had gotten hurt on a dunk and landed wrong or something like that, you know, trying to win the game and showing how, how good he really is. I would have been tight if he would have got hurt in this game. And, you know, that that's a reality that the Oklahoma City Thunder have to deal with now. So instead of worrying about whether these teams win or lose with your favorite players on them, just remember, they're not getting paid. <laughs> they're not getting paid to play in these Pro-Am games. This is free. Obi, Obi ain't <laughs> getting paid for nothing. He's doing easy bait dunks for free in the, in the Pro-Am game. Just be happy with what we got. We got some highlight plays to look at in the middle exactly. of August. From players that we've been wanting to see for the most part, we, we've we been wanting to get a good look at Jalen Brunson. Yep. And the only way to look at this is they went out there to just develop a little bit of chemistry in August, get some good, some good, uh, some good bumping. And they got to nah. play together for the first time. And I don't know about the, the Knicks got to see. Too. Well, Jalen Brunson got to see Obi Toppin firsthand. So now he know what to expect from him in training camp. He played with him. He 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 had a a, a few nice look, a, a, a few nice no look passes to him. So, mm-hmm. if if I'm not mistaken, the alley oop too. So, we could That's, probably get expected to see a lot more of that into the preseason coming uh, up. The, I'm I'm excited to see that. But we'll get into the other player from there, Julius Randle. We'll get into him a little bit later. For now, let's move into the biggest Knicks story of the mm-hmm. offseason. Go ahead, French. Let's talk. Well, I'll I'll say it. R.J. Barrett signs four-year contract extension worth up to one hundred and twenty million dollars. Uh, after after weeks and Trick weeks, talks. well, after weeks and weeks of reporting that the Knicks were in the lead in talks for Donovan Mitchell, the Knicks made a surprising move this past Monday and signed R.J. Barrett to a contract extension. R.J. Barrett was a part of the trade talks with the Cavs for Donovan Mitchell, which is why they waited so long to extend R.J., even though initial reports stated that he wasn't on the table. So once again, this past Monday, August 29th, the Knicks had set a trade deadline when it came to involving R.J. Barrett in these trade talks. They've been talking for weeks, saying, yo, we've got R.J. Barrett. This is what we want to send with him. Take it or leave it. You have until the end of Monday. And if, if nothing happens, then we're moving on from this. And by the end of the day, nothing materialized. The Ainge, did, Ainge didn't see it like the package that he, he was there. He wasn't ready to accept that deal. And you know, Leon said, we're we just going to sign RJ then. Call it a day. New York Knicks guard per Woj, RJ Barrett, finalized a four-year rookie extension. It could be worth up to $120 million per his agent, Bill Duffy, complicating the franchise's off-season trade pursuit of Utah Jazz all-star Donovan Mitchell. Now, when I read that from Woj, I was uh, I was like, does it really complicate? I mean, it, complicating is very strong, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a strong, strong, you know, you know, we're verbiage there. It makes it sound like the Knicks might not actually trade Donovan Mitchell. Like, I still think the Knicks are in the lead for this. You know, Cleveland already bowed out. I don't see, I don't see this being really a factor. 
And I, yeah, I was, I was wrong about that. But before we get into being wrong about that, how do you feel about this RJ Barrett, you know, contract extension? It, I'm, I'm confused at why that would make it com- like, like how you feel. I don't see. Well, maybe I, I misheard you because I don't feel like this contract should complicate stuff mid negotiations because. It's not a bad contract. It, if anything, this is a this is better than the alternative if you want to trade for RJ Barrett because now you have him on a good contract rather than you have to structure a contact tr- a contract with his agent when the agent's probably going to be requesting the max the longer you wait. And well, I actually have an answer for that why why that would complicate the trade. Now, when R.J. Barrett signed this contract extension, there was a poison pill restriction. I don't know if you saw that when Mm -hmm. um, this was originally reported. Basically, what that means is when R.J. Barrett is put into a trade, I believe it's just for this season. When he's put into a trade, the outgoing salary would would be $10.9 million. But the incoming salary has to be 20 mil or so. Uh, So that makes it very difficult for two over-the-cap teams to pull something off like that. To pull, to pull. But that that would be so for the average team. But when you think about the contracts that we have on this team, I don't think it's hard to still make a trade, even with the the poison pill clause. Because the... The Utah, basically a trade involving R.J. Barrett and Donovan Mitchell would have to include a third team because there's no way that you can do a one-on-one deal. So you, yeah, but that was going to be the case they, regardless. Not necessarily. I know it's very easy to go into the trade machine and and say, hey, we could do a three-team deal. In reality, it's very hard and very difficult for teams to do three-team deals when it comes to you know, superstar players like Donovan Mitchell. Can they do it? Has it been done? Absolutely. But for more often than not, it's just easier to just deal with one team as opposed to two other teams because the third team might be like, well, what do I want this? You know, it, When you have more GMs involved in this stuff, unless somebody is just trying to be like, well, I'm just going to get involved in this so I can get whatever, you know, the scraps or whatever. If they're trying to get something real, that's what complicates the whole trade. So if they were going to continue this these trade talks, which we'll get into why maybe they didn't, mm-hmm. it probably would have lasted well into training camp, maybe even into the preseason, because it would have been forced to include a third team as opposed to just being a one-on-one situation between the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. So that's why... That's why it complicated it, um, because I think one, I, I think also I also saw reported, Ainge was looking to get R.J. Barrett so that he could flip him again, and once he was on that contract, he wasn't willing to take the risk of having him. And now you have you're trying to flip him again. Maybe he's not worth that contract that he got. Now you're stuck with R.J. Barrett for four years. It, it's it's much more it's much easier to trade him and get assets back 
when he's clearly underpaid, which right now he is clearly underpaid. We just don't know by how much. So that's the other thing where it's like, eh, you guys signed him to that contract. Yeah, we don't, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that deal anymore. And the thing about this contract is that, yeah, on face value, you see 120 million, you think, oh, that's a lot, but that's with incentives. Yes. If he hits all his incentives, then it equals out to 120 million. It's it's closer to Julius Randle's contract, where it's probably like 104 million, right? Like straight, and it's a it's probably a descending contract year by year, if I'm not mistaken, too. So, it's 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 not a bad extension. It's not a bad extension. It does have a poison pill clause, but maybe it does make it more difficult to trade. But there's been a player that's been traded before, and if you have a smart GM, you can still trade someone on this clause, and it's only for one year. If you're going to trade for R.J. Barrett and you're trying to tank, I don't. I, it's not guaranteed to go against that if you have R.J. Barrett on your team is what I'm saying. It's not like you're trading for Donovan Mitchell and you're trying to tank for Victor Wembanyama, And it seems like that's what Utah's goal this offseason was to do, to get rid of Rudy Gobert, get rid of Donovan Mitchell, and start their rebuild with a, a huge collection of drafts, draft assets. And we could have given them, given, them, given them that, and they decided to go to another team for that. And that's my alley for you. Well, I just want to correct something before we get into that. But you said you're pretty sure it's descending. Um, mm-hmm. It's I, I've heard, and I there's been no official details on his contract. Even looking on Spotrack, they only have estimates, and the estimates are for the full 120 million. That's with the incentives included. But I've heard that it cannot be a descending contract. Um for the 120 million. So it either has to be a flat 26 or 27 mil per year or 28 mil per year, or it has to be ascending. And if it's ascending, you know, it'll start off at 26. By the time it's done, it'll be 33 mil. Assuming he hits all-star all NBA or, or whatever, you know, whatever incentives he needs to hit in order to get that max amount of money per spot track. Now, back to the alley. I'll finish that with dunk. Donovan Mitchell is traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, not the New York Knicks. Uh, the deal, the Cavaliers are sending Jazz forward, uh, the Jazz, their forward, Laurie Markinen. Mm-hmm. They're sending rookie wing Ochai Agbaji, who I believe mm-hmm. we did talk about um, before the draft. Yeah. Guard Colin Sexton, who we've talked about potentially trading for. Three unprotected first round picks, 25, 27, and 2029 20, first round picks, as well as two pick swaps, 2026 and 2028. 20, All of that for Donovan Mitchell. That's the haul. That's a haul. Um, basically the Cavs gave up five years of draft control 
to the Utah Jazz. Could the Knicks have matched that? Yeah, they could have. If, if they did match that, how would I feel about that? And how do I feel about this deal? I'm back and forth on it, honestly. Back and forth on the deal. And my initial instinct was, damn, they sent them Colin Sexton, Agbaji, and three unprotected firsts and two pick swaps. I'm pretty sure the Jazz would have asked the Knicks not to match it, but to beat it. And the only way that the Knicks could beat it is by putting R.J. Barrett in the deal. And by that time, he had already had the extension, which means that they would have had to give up all their young players and three young and three first-round picks. They had to give up quickly Grimes and Obi and three first-round picks to match that deal. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing it. They, a lot of people, you know, point at, oh, the Knicks would have had to give up 25, 27, 29. I don't think the Knicks would have had to do that. I do think that there was a possibility that the Knicks could have given up three unprotected first-round picks and still been able to keep enough in the treasure chest for a future deal. A lot of people forget that you're not allowed – you are allowed to trade a pick in back-to-back years if you have – an unprotected first from somebody else. The Knicks have unprotected first from the Dallas Mavericks this year, 2023. They have their own unprotected first. They have next year's unprotected first. The Knicks could have potentially given up both the Dallas Mavericks and their unprotected first and a 2025, you know, or 2024, you know, they could have done 23 Knicks, 24 Knicks and 2026 Knicks picks. You know, they could have done anything before getting to 2027, 2028, 2029, and still given up three unprotected firsts. So I understand Leon Rose's uh, need to, you know, keep as many picks as possible for the next deal for the bigger star. But it, I thought that if it came down to giving up three picks, I, I would have been comfortable with it. When it started coming out that RJ Barrett was a part of these deals, that's when it's that's when it got shaky for me. Um it, honestly, it's a little speculation. It, well, it's not all speculation. RJ Barrett was gonna be traded out. Like that, He's an that's an option. He was an option, yes, but he was an option because Leon Rose saw the way Angel's moving and he was like, all right, keep the kit picks number down. I'm throwing RJ Barrett. That's our best asset. So, I th- and it, from from all accounts, mm-hmm. to me anyway, and the way it reads is that the closest that the Knicks and the Jazz were getting to doing a, getting a deal done, all of the all of the closest deals involved RJ Barrett. So, but it never fell through, and that tells me something. It's like, here's what. It, well, this is based off all the reports because it just there were so many reports that were just contradicting yes, throughout the these fast few, p- these past few months. There was people saying a month ago that that everything's been agreed on. It's going to be announced in the next few days. Yeah, weeks pass, nothing, nothing, and then we hear reports like there's like Woj, 
just days before, just said there's no other teams really in the running. It's the Knicks to lose, Ian Begley said. Yeah. And then there's another report. There's a team out there that has an offer that Danny Ainge really likes in case talks with New York fall through. Everyone's like, that's just Ainge leaking stuff to the media to try and put some pressure on the Knicks. Then we see the R.J. Barrett extension come through. Well, so, some of that is some of that is not really contradictory, right? If well, we I wasn't. About, I was. I was going to keep going because. Uh, go ahead. What do you? I was going to say like as 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 negotiations go on, things change. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing that to me was really contradictory was that, you know, as recently as three weeks ago. You know, we were getting reports that R.J. Barrett is not even not interested. Like, there's no there's no interest from either side. Jazz mm-hmm. is not interested in R.J. and the Knicks are they not interested in R.J. And all of right. a sudden, it's like, well, actually, R.J. Barrett has been part of these discussions for a long time. So it's like that's the contradictory part. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 part about um, you know them being close and all that stuff that's possible. They probably were close, but you know. When it got down to the nickel and diamond, they, no, they couldn't agree. So then, you know, they fell apart. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers were like, it's not that they came out of nowhere. They were a part of it. What they offered to the Jazz were not, was not, um, what they offered to the Jazz was not as good as what the Knicks were offering to the Jazz or could potentially offer to the Jazz. So they fell back. And then once R.J. Barrett came out of the deal because he got that extension, the Cavs came back, hey, you, 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 you still interested in what we have to offer? We'll give you this. And Ainge was like, yeah, okay, yes, <laughs> I'll take it. So, you know, that, that the Knicks were the only suitors, yeah, probably at one time they were because the Cavs fell back. And then... Leon Rose was like, listen, we're we going to sign RJ. I, you know, I'm tired of this back and forth with you. Either take him or, or don't take him. And that's that was really the the trigger. That was really the thing that pushed everything to go in the way that it did. Because if he didn't sign RJ Barrett, they probably would still be talking. Well, that's, that's the thing I was going to lead to. There was another contradictory report because Mark Berman saying the Knicks had heard that the Cleveland trade was gonna fall was gonna go through, and that's why they signed RJ Barrett to try to save face. Right. And it's just like there's so many of these reports that just contradict each other. Well, I think where it's just like you don't know what to follow anymore. And it's just like as soon as I heard uh I'm not sure if it was Tim Bond Temps from ESPN, he was basically saying how Every executive around the NBA expects Donovan Mitchell to be traded to the Knicks. Right. The minute I heard that is when I started doubting that this trade was going to go through. Because anytime you hear something like that with the Knicks, this is what follows. Remember Carmelo was supposed to get traded to Houston? Right. They said it was at the five-yard line. hmm He gets traded to OKC. <laughs> like, Kevin, well, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. It's guaranteed they're going to go to New York. Goes to Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, I will say this. 
I think what Berman reported, I, I think that there's a way that you could, I think that there's a way that you could read that and be like, well, no, what he meant to say was the reason the Knicks, the reason the Knicks announced the contract extension to RJ Barrett is because they heard what was going to happen with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cause if, if you think about it, like, you know, okay, how did this all go down? He gave him gave him deadline. You have until the end of Monday. If you don't, if you don't, we're pulling this trade, this, this, uh, you know, this trade. Ainge called his bluff. The end of the day, the report came out. Knicks are going to sign RJ Barrett. The Knicks didn't announce it. Woj announced it. And then once Woj announced it, the Cavs came back and was like, hey, we in here. You know, you, you want this? We give you three picks. Colin Sexton, Ochaik Baji, and Laurie Markin. And you want it? And he said, Yeah, I'll take that. I I want my three picks. Give me them three unprotected picks. I want control of your of your draft for five years. And once he said, Yeah, I got somehow that got leaked to the Knicks. And you know, it, it's true. Right before the you know the trade was leaked or announced. The Knicks came out with the, oh, yeah, we're signing RJ. This is the, you know, Leon Rose put the statement out. And then that's when that whole thing happened. So, uh, you know, I don't think that they signed him as a reaction to the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, that's even though that's how Berman wrote it. I think what he meant was that they announced it once they heard because, you know, nothing's really official until the team announces um, mm-hmm. you know, contract extensions, contract signings, whatever, whatever, you know, the rumor or, or the leak that comes before the, you know, that comes before the report or the, the, the team announcing that's time for you to add or subtract or whatever it is that you need to do. So what was your reaction when you first saw that Cleveland traded for D Mitch? My first reaction was confused. I was confused. I was like, wait, Cleveland. And then, so I didn't believe it at first. I was like, nah, that's gotta be, but you know, when you're reading it from official, you know, reporters and newspapers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, I had to see what the, what the hall was. And once I saw what the hall was, I had to think, you know, there's no way that this trade happens without RJ Barrett and three unprotected picks. Or actually, three unprotected picks and and at least one young player because even though I like RJ Barrett more than I like Colin Sexton Colin Sexton is more accomplished in his career but and he's, he's Colin Sexton of- was also a free agent that had basically relatively no offers from yes. any teams yes this is true but in order to get this deal done Colin Sexton had to agree to a signing trade mm-hmm. so at that, at, you know, and that kind of makes that a wash. So now you're just comparing Colin Sexton to R.J. Barrett, the player, because either way, you know, you're either going to flip Colin Sexton on whatever deal, or you're going to flip R.J. Barrett, or you're gonna you're gonna run those one of those guys as the face of your franchise while you're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Colin Sexton's accomplished more. Colin Sexton has been doing this twenty point per game, you know, you know play longer than rj barrett has but the scoring is like the only difference defense rj's way better he's bigger in size yeah guards in multiple positions it's like 
I don't see equals yep. when I see Colin Sexton and R.J. Barrett. I see yep. Danny Ainge took a less appealing trade to spite the Knicks. That was I don't my know. first reaction. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I would say it was a less appealing trade because the Knicks, by most accounts, not all, but by most accounts, the Knicks were only offering R.J. Barrett and 2-1 protected. Mm-hmm. You taking R.J. Barrett and 2-1 protected, you taking Colin Sexton, Ochai Bagji, and three but unprotected. R.J. Barrett and two unprotected is it wasn't the final offer though. It was literally just the final offer that had R.J. Barrett in it. If Danny Ainge wants picks and that's what he's prioritizing, then there's another package that we can give surrounding picks. <laughs> like well, yes, you're, you're, I'm gonna get you're... into it in a second, but that that was Danny Ainge's priority to, to leave with the boatload of picks for Donovan Mitchell and. We had that to give, and we were willing to give picks as long as we didn't have to tie it to the players that we want to keep. Right. And if you see the players that were attached to this trade, it's like they took Ochai Abagji and Lowry Markinen, and we had to give up Quentin Grimes with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly with picks. Right. I forgot about the quickly. I forgot about the quickly aspect of it, and that's what I'm saying. And 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 that's. I agree with you. I agree with you. No, when I when when I've now that I've remembered and recalled that quickly quickly was part of the deal. It was R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, two unprotected picks. They probably were putting all of the protected picks in it as well, and probably some swaps. I I have to say that that is a better deal than the than the one that Ainge ended up doing. So, now that that back in my fa- in my in my in my mind, I think I think Ainge kind of panicked. Um and well, I think that he, and I, I think I no I I think he panicked because he tried to call Leon Rose's bluff. Leon Rose said, "Yo, you have until the end of Monday. If by the end of Monday you not you you, you don't take this, then I'm we're gonna we're just gonna move on." Ainge assumed that he was bluffing, or that James Dolan was gonna step in. Yeah, and you know, assumed that the Knicks needed Donovan Mitchell more than he needed to trade Donovan Mitchell. So he called his bluff. Leon Rose said, "Don't call my bluff." Signs, signs RJ. And at that point, Ainge is like, well, that was a sucker move. You shouldn't have did that. Pow, Cleveland pow. came through. was like, yo, we'll offer you three and Colin Sexton. And Ainge probably saw the way Leon Ruse was moving. It was like, yo, he's, he's, he's not going to give me exactly what I want. So he went to the next guy. Oh, you're going to give me exactly what I want? I'll take it. And yes. He, if he would have accepted the trade that the Knicks were offering, that would have been that would have been a better deal. But he wanted three unprotected picks, and if he wanted three unprotected picks, he should have took Emmanuel quickly out of the deal. Like if you're gonna take Lowry Markin in and Ochai, you could take Deuce McBride, Cam Reddish. Like, 
I yeah. don't see why we got to give up yeah. R.J. Barrett and they don't have to give up Darius Garland. They don't have to give up Jared Allen. Evan Mobley. Right. Well, Jared Allen, Jared Allen is, you know, these are all all-stars you're talking about. Jared Allen has... So, like, ex- he's made an for, all-star, but so has for, Julius Randle, and they didn't want Julius Randle. So it's like, I don't think... You have to be an all-star. You have to be a young, talented player to get Donovan Mitchell in. And Donovan Mitchell is an all-star player, multiple-time all-star player. So you should want some young player back. Well, if you're going to be targeting R.J. Barrett and all these dudes, because R.J. Barrett is going to be an all-star one day. Well, my point, my point is that the R.J. Barrett in Cleveland is Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because the upside is what you're banking on in the trade. Darius Garland is already solidified, right? Evan Mobley is already looked at as potentially one of the next, you know, big defenders in the league, right? All of those guys are right now viewed as above R.J. Barrett when it comes to, you know, talent in the league. If you offer those guys up, that's 100% a better deal than anything the Knicks could offer if you're putting putting them in a deal with three first-round picks. As much as I love R.J. Barrett, as much as I believe in his future, I believe in his future all-star campaign, I think that he's going to be, you know, key, you know, on whatever franchise he's on. The, the the fact of the matter is he still hasn't proven it to a convincing degree. So, and it's the same thing with Colin Sexton. You know, Colin Sexton's numbers are there, but everybody is still kind of like, eh. you know, I'm not scared to, to, to have Colin Sexton on this team, but I see why people are, looking kind of funny at him the same way I see why people kind of look funny at RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett has to work on his consistency. He has to work on his efficiency. And once he does one of those two things, he doesn't need to do both. He needs to do one of those two things. And once he does that, it's going to be a clear cut. All right, this dude is either an all-star or close to an all-star. That's why I say Consex and RJ Barrett are about equal. Now, Manuel quickly is more proven than Agbaji and is better than Markinen. So I guess it does at the end of the day, it comes down to the first round picks. It comes down to the first round picks and the Cavs gave up three and the Knicks gave, were only willing to give up with RJ. This is hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to kind of. It, we, should Leon Rose have just said, "All right, you want that third pick? Fine." Before saying he's pulling R.J. Barrett from the deal, or should he have said, "All right, if you want two first round picks, you want a Quentin Grimes too? Can we put somebody else besides Quentin Grimes? Will you accept that?" And I don't think he would have. I think that's where the line in the sand was drawn. So I think ultimately Leon Rose had to decide between giving up that extra unprotected or giving up this deal. 
and he chose. But to it's give been up the reported deal. that they were willing to offer the third pick, top five protected. So a lightly protected, I don't think, first round pick. I don't think. I don't think that was getting but, it done with Ainge. I think he wanted it completely. But D- Danny Ainge is willing to take three first round picks from Cleveland Cavaliers, who now have all their best players with Donovan Mitchell. Didn't have to give up much of their depth. They all they really gave up was draft picks and guys that they <laughs> didn't really want anyway. So you think those picks are more valuable than at- two unprotected Knicks picks and a top five protected even 2025-2027 pick with pick swaps I think and probably that's protected I- pick? Like I don't see it. I feel like this was definitely to spite the Knicks. Well, well, no, let me before we get into that. I think that's why at the end of the day, I think we're both comfortable. Yeah. Right. I think I think I think after sitting on it for a few days, I'm comfortable because the Cavs can afford to give up Mm -hmm. a Colin Sexton. And three unprotected first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks are not comfortable giving up R.J. Barrett and three unprotected first round Shouldn't picks. Have like, in order for them to give up three unprotected first round picks, they would have to pull qu- quickly from the deal. And if they pull quickly from the deal, I don't know. You know, it, it's just based on talent and valuation and what's more important to you. You know what I mean? To For the Utah Jazz, they're not looking at it as, oh, Obviously, quickly and Grimes are more important to you, so that so you know I should value them that way. He's only valuing it as far as what I can get. I disagree. So, no, well, you could disagree, but as far as what he's getting in the situation, he wanted two young players and he wanted three unprotected. And this deal with the Cavs, he got two young two young players and three unprotected. It didn't matter. I don't think it matters to him how important they were to to you know Agbaji and Sexton were to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think it mattered to him how important R.J. Barrett is to the New York Knicks. He just knew that their highest profile young player was the, was R.J. Barrett. The Cavs' highest profile young player that was not an All Star is Colin Sexton. You know, as far as that goes for him. That's even. All right, let me get another young player and three unprotected. The Knicks said no. The Cavs said yes. And at the end of the day, the Knicks should have said no. And the Cavs should have said yes. So this kind of played out the way that it should, unless R.J. Barrett doesn't, and Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes, they don't get better. And if they don't get better, then this is a deal that Leon Rose should have made. You know, whatever Ainge was asking for is a, is a is a deal they should have made. On its face, I can't say that it's a deal that they should have made. I'm I'm actually glad that they that that this is kind of the way that it went. I would have liked for Ainge to kind of come back to the table, and but if they came back to the table and the Knicks made an offer that matched this deal with the Cavs, I probably would have not been happy. I'm gonna give you. Um, I have a theory. It's gonna require some retrospection if that's a word you remember the first Uh, round series between dallas and uh utah and how the knicks showed up and members of the utah organization were pissed 
I believe that mm-hmm. from that moment, Danny Ainge, the understanding that Donovan Mitchell wants to leave, he didn't request a trade. And that's when, like, he decided to trade Rudy Gobert. Well, not decided, because I felt like they were o- always going to trade Rudy Gobert. But now that Minnesota made the offer, all right, we're going to trade Rudy Gobert. And with this Knicks, with the Knicks, we're going to entertain them for Donovan Mitchell, but we're going we're gonna to get them for everything. Since, that, like, Brian Windhorst went on Barton Hahn and was talking about how there was mo- emotions involved in this trade deal. I'm going to talk about that next. But that's how it felt the whole way through. Like, before Brian Windhorst ever even said that, I'm I'm thinking, like, it seems like there's a little bit more going on here. Leon Rose was upset because he felt like Danny Ainge was asking for an unreasonable package. He wasn't willing to to budge off of. And I'm just thinking, like, okay, realistically speaking, if no other team has anything to equal up to our one of our lowest offers, then why should we go all out? and give you what you're asking for. And that makes perfect sense. So I think Danny Ainge is petty. He's good. My initial reaction to this uh, trade when it first happened was that I felt relief because there was so many months going and dragging this thing on. But now today I'm thinking more about it since the trade has been announced. And I'm just thinking like Danny Ainge is really good. He not only strung us along the whole time, knowing that we wouldn't budge off our position, but to spite us, he doesn't trade him to some other team in the West. No, he trades him to the team in the East, which is, and he's a guard. Is like I feel like there's a lot of all stars in the East now. That's gonna make it harder for the Knicks, and in return, he receives Colin Sexton, which is another player that the Knicks covet. And have been trying to pursue. So now he's like, okay, we ain't going to talk about Donovan Mitchell, but you still interested in Colin Sexton, right? Come and talk to us about him. And we'll, we're going to get some of them picks off of him too. If we decide, if we don't decide to keep him. Hey, it's a smart move. But at the same time, I don't see, this is all best case scenario thinking like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell wants to be in New York. In 2025, the first minute he becomes a free agent, he's probably going to be the first thing smoking out of Cleveland for New York City, and that's what will make the, the Cleveland picks valuable. But you forgetting that Evan Mobley's still really good, Darius Garland's still really good, and his team is really good, and that could persuade Donovan Mitchell to stay a few more years if they're going on runs in the playoffs. So, yeah, you got the picks until 2027, 2029 maybe, but who's to say that they're going to be a bad team? The best case scenario is Donovan Mitchell leaves, uh, Darius Garland leaves, and because there's so many young players on this team that not everybody can stay to get paid, I don't believe. I think uh, when Evan Mobley has a, a contract extension, maybe there's decisions that need to be made, but I'm not too certain. I haven't really done too much research on Cleveland Cavaliers salary cap issues in the future. But I do know Donovan Mitchell has spent the entire summer here in New York. Everyone felt like he was going to be a Nick. 
He was in Rucker Park. He kept going to all these places in New York at the Mets games. He wants to be a Nick. And I do see him coming to the Knicks eventually, but I'm not 100% certain it's going to be the the next time he's a free agent. And if he does stay in Cleveland, now the trade looks even worse for Danny Ainge. Because you knew Donovan Mitchell wanted to be in New York and you traded him to Cleveland. That's a bad look already. Team, players ain't going to go to Utah in the first place. So that already makes it or another reason why players won't feel comfortable going there because Danny Ainge had a reputation in Boston. Isaiah Thomas, after his sister died, still played in the playoffs for y'all. And then as soon as the playoffs was over, they, they shipped him out for Kyrie. It, it, it's a cutthroat business when you're dealing with Danny Ainge. And yeah, you're going to get cut if you're playing with him. And then every time you see a, a negotiation happening with Danny Ainge, it's always a haul. And he always comes out on the other end looking so smart. But I don't know if this situation is going to be the same as the the past situations. Well, you said a lot there. Um, I, I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to speculate whether this was spiteful or not to me. I always try to look at things and try to take the emotion out of it or at least see if there's a way for things to transpire where it's not emotional. It's just the way things went. Obviously, part of it is emotional, but I don't know if the part of it that trading Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers in totality is emotional. I think that Ainge got tired of dealing with Leon Rose, not giving him what he wanted. I think he made a gamble that the Knicks were going to, were not going to, you know, take a hard line stance. And he, he, you know, he lost that gamble. And when he lost that gamble, he said, I'm just going to take the next, the next best thing. He could have kept going with the Knicks, but he, he decided he didn't want to do that. He went. He he got the three picks that he wanted. He got the young players that he wanted. He he accepted he? it. Did he? Did he really? He accepted. He accepted. He got he three did. picks. He just accepted. You could have got three picks from he any got, team. <laughs> he wanted. He couldn't get three picks, picks from that any he team. Thought would he be wanted good. three. He wanted. He wanted three unprotected picks that he thought would be good, and it's a very good chance that. If this situation in Cleveland doesn't work out, first of all, Cleveland is a, is not a big market team. Second of all, if this doesn't work out between Garland and Donovan Mitchell, they're, they have, they have no championship aspirations you know, unless, you know, somebody else shows up and becomes a top 10 player in the league. There's a very good chance, as you've indicated that, those picks could be really good ones. I think that if he makes that trade for the Knicks, the three picks that he would get probably won't, you know, it's probably about even with what the Cleveland Cavaliers gave up. Because I would think that if Donovan Mitchell comes to New York, he's staying. He's re-signing. He wants to be here, as you said. He loves it here. He wants a big market team. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really hard to say, you know, it's really easy to look and say, oh, yeah, this is this is probably spiteful. But honestly, if you look at it logically, you know, it makes sense. And, and there's no this made the Cleveland Cavaliers a better team, 100 percent. They're going to be in the playoffs, 100 percent. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what, like, where to go with this. Like, if the Knicks pull off a trade that beats this trade from the Cavs, I would not be happy, and I don't think that would have been. It would have been better for the Knicks. If I don't think it takes Donovan Mitchell. What do you? All right, we're gonna veer off track for two minutes. What do you think beats Bad. this trade that you would be happy with? That you would be happy with? Well, no trade with Danny Ainge. I don't feel like you can leave off happy. What I can stomach is Obi Toppin, Cam Reddish, Deuce McBride, a combination of those three players. It doesn't have to be all three. With Evan Fournier mm-hmm. and three unprotected picks. Well, no, no, no. Three unprotected New York picks. Maybe we'll keep we'll keep the top 5 protection on one and then maybe one protected first round pick from another team and then some pick swaps. That's better than this trade right here. Cuz now you're getting four picks on top of pick swaps. Since we didn't draft nobody in the lottery, you'll get four picks. You said Obi Toppin Cam Reddish, Deuce McBride, four Two firsts out of the three. from the Knicks. Four firsts, Evan Fournier. That does beat this this trade. I don't think that you can do that trade. Um, but wait, hold on. Utah Before giving something back, think about that right there. That beats the trade. So why do we have to talk about R.J. Barrett, Deuce Mc? I mean, not Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, and. Emmanuel quickly. That's my point where I'm saying this is definitely it's me, more to it than just let me see, let me, this is the better let me trade. Me, let me, let me it, no, there's this. emotion involved in this. Let me ponder this. Let me ponder this. Obi Toppin, Deuce, Evan Fournier. You said two out of the three, right? Obi, Evan, Cam, mm-hmm. two out of the three. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm talking about young players, two out of the three. OB, Cam, and Deuce. Not mm-hmm. all three. To pick any two. Right. If you want to pick Deuce and Cam with Evan Fournier, that gets this done. With four first round picks. And pick swaps. But that's what I said earlier. That's what I said earlier. I don't I don't think Leon Rose was comfortable giving up that many picks. They he will he was just trying to give up two. Right, three was, was probably three, three. It's unprotected. Three unprotected is the part picks. that's like the most important. Right, three unprotected, three unprotected picks. You know, is you know, is where this all fell apart. Leon Rose is willing to give up three unprotected picks. You know, but if you're giving up three, I'm not giving up R.J. Barrett. And Danny Ainge is like, well, I, you know, if if I'm only getting three, I want R.J. Barrett. 
and it, he went to Cavs with the same with the same kind of mentality. If I'm only getting three, I want Colin Sexton. And you know, I, I agree with you. There were deals that the Knicks could do that are better than this deal. I just don't think Leon Rose was comfortable with that deal. And I find I don't that think so would have accepted. to believe. I don't because I of the fact highly that, doubt the Leon trade Rose reports. Well, the trade reports are that that third pick he was going to make it top five protected. If he's making a top five mm-hmm. protected third pick, I highly doubt that he's going to give a third pick unprotected completely and a top five protection on another pick. Could he do it? One hundred. No, no, no. That's not what but, I was saying. I'm saying the third pick would mm-hmm. have the top five protection still and another team's protected first round pick. For example, Milwaukee's uh, top so, five protected pick. You could throw that in there with pick swaps. That beats this trade from Cleveland. I don't think so. If you're talking about two, so that's unprotected, two unprotected first, a top five protect- one lightly protected, two, yeah. and another team's lightly yeah. protected pick. That's four first round picks. Right. Do you see Milwaukee I mean, being it, top five? Mm-hmm. Drafting? I don't think so. That's that, most likely a pick that's I, gonna I don't translate. I, I think that he want that Ainge wanted three completely unprotected picks because if you never know, if you end up in that lottery, I want to be in that top five. Are you comfortable doing three completely unprotected picks in the trade? Because that's what that's what it comes down to. Whether you think that a top five, a third top five protected pick is on top of another top five protected pick. If you think that's a better deal, that's cool. I personally want all unprotected, right? I, I, I don't care whether I you, you never know, like. Oh, like I don't care if oh is 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 Milwaukee gonna gonna be a top five? You never know if if um you know if they have one injury and they now they have to tank that year and now maybe they're not the top the top, bottom five worst, but you don't have to be a bottom five worst to to have a top a top five pick, right? So you never know in these situations. Golden State, this just happened. They the, all their top players got hurt, and that you know now those picks that they you know that they had when Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant got traded, now they went from being championship contenders to one of the worst teams in the league. You can't predict it. So, me personally, I want completely unprotected picks because you never know what's going to happen. You never know if Donovan Mitchell is going to get hurt that year, and now you have to pivot into a tank. Yeah. If you pivot into a tank and you have your own pick and you have a top five protected pick, that's better for you than it is for me. In the instance so, that everything goes according to the plan, that's what I'm saying. Those three unprotected picks could yeah, all be outside of the lottery. All three. Correct. They all could be at the You're back end of the, of the first round. But that's why he's asking for unprotected completely because – they could there is a chance that they could be in the top five. And if they're in the top five, I want to have control over it. I want full control. And top five protected is not full control. So it, and when you look at it from that perspective, I hear what you're saying, French. 100 percent I hear what you're saying. 
on its face to us, that's definitely having four picks, even with two lightly protected ones. That's a definitely a much better trade than three, three unprotected picks. You know, it, like it's, I would take that me personally, but some GMs don't run that way. And it, it, Danny Ainge is one of those guys. He wants completely unprotected picks. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's not about whether on whether on face value to him, it's a better trade or not. I want as much un, unprotected, as many unprotected picks as I can get in a deal. And if you don't want to give it to me, I'm going to the next spot who can give me as many unprotected picks as I can get in a deal. And that's what he did. And, you know, I when when you try to get into the brain of Danny Ainge and you try to get into the brain of Leon Rose and you see what it would have taken, I'm perfectly fine. I think the Knicks did the right thing. Um, and I, it, I don't think that it necessarily – maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't think that it necessarily has to do with hurt feelings. I think that he, he didn't come back to the Knicks to try to one-up the deal. I think that was probably hurt feelings, but I, I – I'm at the end of the day, it's a business. He wanted to move Donovan Mitchell. He's getting his three unprotected picks. He didn't think he was getting three unprotected picks from Leon Rose. I'm just going to go with this and keep it moving. We've been doing this for weeks, for over a month now, for damn mm-hmm. near two months. Let me just get this over and done with. Yeah. You know, he could have been patient and he could have tried to see if he could squeeze more out of the Knicks. He didn't do it. I'm not mad about it. Uh, it is what it is at this point. So. Okay, go ahead. I, I I was just gonna be like, well, now that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to add wanted to one last into... thing. Sorry, because the speculation where Brian Windhorst went on Barton Hahn, mm-hmm. it also proved something in 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 terms of my theory about this being a really emotional standoff because. Uh, Brian Windhorst, he was giving a lot of information on how the trade negotiations went between Danny Ainge and Leon Rose. He was saying that there was some third grade stuff going on. He was saying that there was emotions mm-hmm. involved. And after R.J. Barrett signed that extension, there was no more communication between both sides. So once you Cleveland reached out to them with that offer, they didn't go back to the Knicks to see if they would top that. They just accepted it. And... That was mm-hmm. that. If you're a GM, don't you want to see if a team it like, wasn't the purpose of these last few months to see if they can go and find another right. team and have the Knicks beat that offer? He, he didn't give the right, Knicks an opportunity to beat that offer. The Knicks were caught blindsided by this report, and I feel like that's personal. He was tired of dealing with Leon Rose, I don't, and he wanted to let them know Listen, you want to sign R.J. Barrett when I said I didn't want him on that contract? Cool. I'm going to give you some pow-pow. You're not getting Donovan Mitchell. I'm sending him to the East for y'all to deal with for years to come. And if you get lucky and get him in a few years, you're only going to be helping me with them draft picks that I just acquired. And you're making that team worse. So you helping me. I appreciate that. And we still have Colin Sexton, by the way, if you want to trade for him and give him some picks too. It's gangster shit. Is that <laughs> is that? Oh, it's right. I was gonna say, is that is that hurt feelings or is that calculation? I mean, think about it. Think it about depends that. on your perspective. Either 
Oh, exactly. It depends on your perspective. It does depend on your perspective. He said, he said, I'm just going to bank on that. Those, these picks that I'm getting from the Cavs are going to be better than the picks that I'm going to get from the Knicks when we agree on whatever trade the Knicks are going to do, because the Knicks are going to try to secure their future. The Cavs are not securing their future because they're trying to secure their present with Donovan Mitchell. So I'm going to bet that if they can't, if they're, if they bet on Donovan Mitchell and it fails, these picks that I'm getting, they're going to be, they're going to be done after their initial contract with Donovan Mitchell, which means that he might not even be there, which means that they might suck. (laughs) And if they suck, these picks are going to be great. If I do this trade with the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell is there in 2025, 2026, he's probably going to be there for the next 10 years. I can't say that if I do this, if I go back to the Knicks, that that's going to be better than this deal as far as the picks go. No, the so beauty, the beauty I'm going to trade with the Cavs. Of this, of I'm going to go with the Cavs. Front office, he, let me say one thing. The beauty of this front office yeah. is that we have so many first-round picks that are not Knicks first-round picks. So it doesn't have right. to be all our. If you want unprotected, then maybe it does have to be all ours. But we have a boatload of picks to choose from. Continue. Well, you know, it, it, I think it's just calculation. I'm going to send him there. And if Donovan Mitchell really wants to be in New York and he goes to New York, that's just going to be better for me. And. As a business, as a business decision, as a GM, you know, maybe he did take all that into consideration and said, you know what, I'm just going to do this deal because it's going to work out for me either way when I do this deal. There's more risk trading with the Knicks if, you know, with me not getting everything that I want. And you could say that that's petty. You could say, you know, or or you could say it's calculation. So, you know, uh, I, I see, I see that you have here that the Knicks might not make the playoffs. Um, it's very real. It's a very real dude, possibility. Absolutely. There's a lot of good teams in the East, but the Cavs were already ahead of the Knicks in the playoffs last season. So I don't Play think, in. I don't think that that guarantees. I, right. Um, I don't think that guarantees that one way or another. I think that we have to look to see if we're better than the Hornets. And if we're still better than all the teams that were better than us last year. If we're better than the Hornets and last, all the teams that we were better than last year, we're in the play-in. Mm-hmm. But I felt like last year was an outlier oh. because there was so many games that we should have won that our standing didn't really represent the team that we were. The year before didn't really I represent agree. the team that we were either because we overachieved to a large degree, mainly due to like uh, empty seats, Julius not Randall. Be- Julius Randle playing like all NBA player. Like, there was a lot of outliers for the last two seasons. So the next season, I believe it should be something in between those two. Even though mm-hmm. the East got better, Much. so did our young players. Our young players also have gotten young better. They've developed more chemistry together. They made it to the Summer League Championship game, which I, I, I know people don't really pay any attention to Summer League championships they don't really view it as any type of accomplishment i i do i feel like to get to summer league championship you do have to be a talented young team who plays well together and the two best teams were portland and the knicks portland won the championship in summer league i'm not going to ignore that when the regular season starts because 
a few years ago, Lonzo Ball was the summer league MVP. Yeah, he's not going to be MVP in the NBA, but he's a very valuable player. Every single player on that Lakers team that was valuable back then with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they're all, they got traded for Anthony Davis, number one. And they're all thriving in their roles. Kyle Kuzma in Washington, one of the best Mm -hmm. players on their team. Brandon Ingram is the best player on the team when Zion's not playing. Lonzo Ball, very significant player for the Chicago Bulls. Like, Summer League isn't something to ignore when it comes to, like, accomplishments, I feel like. for Not for the most part, but just in recent history. And you're going to continue to see steps from these players on the Knicks, and I feel like that's going to come with more success during the regular season. Yeah, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of players on Cleveland that are, are are really good. The reason why I say that they're it's almost guaranteeing that they're ahead of us now is because they're overwhelming in talent. Last season when we played Cleveland, I felt like the talent was more equal. And I feel like with teams in the East, if you start going down the line of like who has the best rosters, the Knicks aren't going to come up until maybe 10. And that's just being realistic. Well, I have the standings. I have last year's standings in front of me. And one through six, I'll say one through five. Mm-hmm. One through five, the Knicks definitely not, not better than. right? Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Then you got six Chicago Bulls, which really... They started off the year great. Then they tailed off at the end of the year when Lonzo got hurt, after Lonzo got hurt. And Lonzo is always an injury question. So who knows Caruso with, too. with Chicago? They played really bad. Yeah, Caruso as well. They played really bad to end the season. They, they, they were the number one seed at one point, and they finished 46-36. and 36. Their last 10 games, they were 4-6, and six, sub-500. So... Uh, you know who's to say with the Chicago Bulls? I'm gonna lump them in with the rest of the, the with the next ten, mm-hmm. uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Charlotte Hornets. Well, Brooklyn, so, Brooklyn has talent, so they would go above all of them. I feel like Brooklyn should have been above all of them last season as well. And what the thing with Brooklyn? Brooklyn should be up there. <laughs> In the top six, they should be up there in the top six. But Brooklyn made what it out the play in. James Harden. They did, but what happened? James Harden, right? Wanted wanted to get traded, and before that, injury issues with KD, injury issues with James Harden. Is that going away? Is the injury issues with KD going away? Is the injury issues with Ben Simmons, who still hasn't played a game for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, is that going to go away? That's why it's like a. Outlier. And if it does go away, is is it, and if it does go away, is he gonna is he gonna score for Brooklyn? Uh, you know what are what like, and also yes, it does have to do with the you know ability for Kyrie Kyrie Irving to play on on. You know now that all COVID stuff is going away, now he's going to be able to play more home games. But he had injury issues too, like. 
when they when it was the big three with with, with all three of them, KD, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving, they barely played together before James Harden got traded. Quick note: they had what two seasons together? Quick, and they had maybe like ten games where they played together. Quick note: go ahead. Uh, the last episode, uh, we were basically clowning, or the last episode we had together, we were clowning KD for requesting a trade. We didn't even uh, address that he's now staying in we Brooklyn. Did. And that's why we're we're saying yeah. uh, the Brooklyn is still going to be uh, in the playoff hunt, but I I don't see them really making any any noise in the playoffs. Just like you can't go from that with all this stuff happening with Ben Simmons coming off a of back surgery, hasn't played in years. Kyrie Irving always injured. Like I still don't really view Brooklyn in high regard, but I definitely would put them ahead of the Knicks right now in a short margin just because of the talent that's on their team. Like last year we, we should have swept Brooklyn and we ended up getting swept. Like it was literally just due to the talent that's on that team. We had them beat in the first half, first three quarters, and they would just have Kevin Durant and Kyrie and then game over. We don't have that still to this day. So I realistically, you have to put them ahead of us. Toronto, is another one of those teams that I don't know for certain if that they're better than us. They do have better players system. They have chemistry that they've been together for a long time, but so do we, I don't see anyone on that team being super talented to the point with that. We can't stop them. And yeah, they were top five last year, but it's tough. I feel like, they're another team that uh, we're in the vicinity of. But Charlotte, we're, we're better than. All the stuff that they're going through right now. I feel like I can name the teams that we're better than quicker than I can name the teams that we're on par with. Orlando, well, here we're, we're on par Orlando, with. Detroit, <laughs> Indiana. Detroit, we're on par with. It's Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, Washington. Washington, those were the teams than. that the Knicks were better than last season. Those are the teams that we were better than last season. Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, Washington. It's tough. Detroit has the talent, but that don't always translate to wins. So I would say that right. we're on par with them. I don't honestly. It really depends on what we prioritize, and that and let let's try to wrap this up quickly because we're. I'm pretty sure we're running long. Yeah. Uh, now what? Right now what? Now that we haven't traded for Donovan Mitchell, like we have to we have to commit to the youth at this point, right? You don't you don't almost get the guy. And say no because it's too much unless you really have faith in R.J. Barrett and you really have faith in Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly. Like, there's a lot of people saying, like, oh, the Knicks tried to give up all the young players for Donovan Mitchell. And and literally, if they wanted to do that, they could have done that. I'm sure if the Knicks put in all the young players and two unprotected picks, Danny Ainge would have accepted that. Knicks didn't want to do that. 
Knicks only wanted to give up RJ and quickly and two unprotected. So, you know, you, you, you're obviously committing to the youth movement and you're keeping the picks for the next potential star after the, after the Donovan Mitchell trade, if you do it. They thought that doing more than that was too much. They didn't want to give up more than two. They were willing to give up give up RJ because Donovan Mitchell was that good. With that being said, they weren't like, "Yo, we want RJ here, and you not you you're not valuing him as much as we're valuing him. So because right. you're not valuing him as much as we're valuing him, we're gonna sign him." Obviously, they believe in RJ. Obviously, they believe he's gonna be really good. They basically chose RJ Barrett over Donovan Mitchell. Whether they whether they intentionally did that or not, whether that was in the forefront of their mind or not, the failure to get this trade done means I believe in RJ, I believe in Quickly, I believe in Obi Toppin, I believe in, in Quentin Grimes. Quentin Maybe Grimes, they believe in Cam Reddish. I don't know. Quentin Grimes, um, they held out of all trade negotiations. Well, there there was some back and forth in regards to that too. But either way, now that you haven't done this trade, you have to you have to make them the focal point of this team, right? You have to make them the focal point of this team. You have to give them as many minutes as possible. What does that mean? It means that Julius Randle needs to be off the team by the trade deadline. For sure. You cannot maybe soon you, you cannot increase Obi Toppin. You cannot increase Obi Toppin's trade value with Julius Randle on the team. You just can't do it. And he's a better fit for the majority of the team than than, than Julius Randle anyway. So one of them has to go. Either Obi or Julius has to go. And, you know, according to, I don't know if if we're believing Tommy D after some of his reporting, because he was one of those guys that said the deal was almost done. The Knicks had a had a deal in place where Obi. I just had it up and I just moved moved away from it. Obi and four picks was the crux of the deal. There was another player in there. That was a deal that could have gotten done, that didn't get done. And if they would have did that, I probably would have not been happy either. <laughs> um. With that said, they didn't want to do that. So you have to invest in these guys now. You, like you, you have to see what you have there, and if you're going to trade them, you have to know what the max of their potential is. Which means either Julius needs to go or Obi needs to go now. Yeah. Well, Fournier has to Julius come off the bench. And well, that's how I feel too. But the front office has to make a choice. Fournier has to come off the bench. And starting lineup featuring Brunson, Barrett, Grimes, Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson needs to be the focal point by season's end. Rose quickly, Fournier, Reddish if he's not traded, and Hartenstein should round out the rotation. If Reddish is not part of the rotation at the end, and maybe he gets packaged in a deal with Fournier, I'd, I'd welcome a Carmelo Anthony reunion. But that's it. That's what needs to happen. That, that's that's what needs to happen now. How about I don't you? Think do Mello you think come in. like the plans changed? You think the plans changed for the Knicks? I don't. I don't think the plan changed much. 
it was it would have changed had we made the Donovan Mitchell trade because the plan going into the offseason was to prioritize the young the young players and they got rid of Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker back in the in the draft. Um they brought us a point guard in Jalen Brunson and from the sounds of all the reports outside of like the trade um rumors it sounds like Quentin Grimes is going to be the starting guard next to Jalen Brunson with RJ. I feel like the only thing left to do for this offseason to be a full success is for there to be a, a guarantee for Obi Toppin to be the starting power forward of the team. It sounds like Tom Thibodeau has made that realization that he should trust Obi to play more. He realized he should have been playing more at the end of the season. So even if we don't have a Julius Randle trade, maybe we have Julius Randle coming off the bench this year. And him and (laughs) Evan Fournier could be the new energy off the bench where they start going at the the second unit and just having outstanding games. Maybe Julius Randle finds finds that offensive and requests a trade. Who knows? All we know is that the formula for Julius Randle being the best player on his team and everyone else being better around him, uh, that seems to have run its course. So, yeah, Leon Rose already said to, to to the fans that prioritizing the young players is what the plan of the offseason is going to be. They haven't really derived off – or am I using derived right there? They haven't really gone off course. They just went after Donovan Mitchell because mm-hmm. he's available. They like any team would, because if you have a chance to get Donovan Mitchell, yeah, you you try to get him. But if the asking price is too high, then walk away. And that's what we did. And now we're we got RJ Barrett mm-hmm. on a new contract. We have Jericho Sims still. We still got all our young pieces that we really love, and we still have all our draft picks moving forward. And we're set up perfectly for the next time a star ass out. So there's not really much to really be upset about. Um, if you're a Nick fan, you should like if you really want Donovan Mitchell, yeah, it's understandable that you are disappointed that after all this build up, it's just another star going to another team. And the Knicks are just left with what they had, but we <laughs> are in a better position a better predicament than we have been in previous years when we've had the same situation go fall through. And I don't see the need to, 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 to start pursuing just the first star to come up. We can continuously build with this young core and get the results that we're looking for, because it does seem like this young core plays Tom Thibodeau style basketball. That's still the coach of this team. So, yeah, one of our young guys can become a star. There was a reports that Jerry West reached out to Leon Rose and said that Quentin Grimes is going to be better than R.J. Barrett. And I don't take that lightly at all. Mm-hmm. Jerry West was the guy who said for Golden State to keep Clay Thompson over, who was it, do you remember? Over uh, Andrew Bogut or something like that. Or, no, 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 they were planning to pursue Dwight. Either way, it don't matter. Jerry West is just one of the forefathers of the NBA. 
He's one of the people that you, when he talks and says something, you listen, um, if this report is true. And seeing that Quentin Grimes' name was never entered into any trade, but R.J. Barrett allegedly was, I'm going to tend to believe the report. Um, but yeah, the plan really hasn't changed. All we, all we really got to do now is just continue the path that we've, that we've been going on. And we felt like it was promising all up until this point, so we can't we can't change course now. But just because a star became on the market, and now we feel like we got to go star hunting. We don't, we're not at that point yet. Cleveland was, the Knicks are not yet, but we're not far. I don't feel like. So that's just my thoughts on I, it. I think I think what it I think what it really comes down to is how much faith you have in what you have. And Cleveland has more faith in what what they have than the Knicks do. I think when you look at the rosters, ultimately you can make a case that the rosters are similar enough between without Donovan Mitchell between the Cavs and the Knicks. You could say, well, our Darius Garland is Jalen Brunson. The only thing is Jalen Brunson hasn't proven it yet. Colin Sexton is our R.J. Barrett. RJ Barrett hasn't hasn't proven anything yet. They have uh, Jared Allen. We have Mitchell Robinson. They have Evan Mobley. We have Jericho Sims or Hartenstein. So at the end of the day, the Cavs are more secure in what they have than the Knicks are. And the reason why is because they've played the guys that they need to play. The Knicks still need to play these these young kids and maybe we don't need to go star hunting but french i I don't know if you've uh seen mark berman he's already started talking about well they may be out of the uh trade talks for donovan mitchell but yeah yeah there's gonna be other guys you know shea gilders alexander is being talked about in the knicks as the next target so, you know, the Knicks have options. You know, they could do a trade for SGA. They could wait for Donovan Mitchell. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that, but I do think that the priority does need to be um, getting these kids as many minutes as possible. All right. We're officially in September, which means training camp is right around the corner. And with that should be more Nick updates But if not, we will be returning to our regularly scheduled program on September 24th. We'll probably release on the 25th or the 26th, and that will be the next episode of the Knicks Take Podcast. French, you got anything you want to plug? Not at all. We're going to sign off. My laptop was just about to die. Sorry. My laptop was just about to die, so we made perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, make sure y'all check out that website. French is putting in a lot of work. He's already wrote a blog post. I will have some blog posts coming up. You know, I've got started writing a bunch of stuff. I haven't posted anything yet because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. But make sure you keep your eyes out on that for the Knicks Take website. That is knickstake.com. Once again, K-N-I-C-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com that is live and it's looking real good all right y'all without further ado thank you for listening 
two. Mixtape podcast. Uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. The mixtape podcast. Uh, the mixtape. The mixtape. Uh, <laughs> that boy is good. Sort of. All right. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Peace, y'all. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at the Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram. Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.